You're listening to the Diabetic Running Podcast, helping people run their blood sugars one workout at a time. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Episode 10 of the show. Today, I speak with Sean Walsh, who, on top of being an ex-Special Forces soldier, a competitive triathlete, an accomplished runner, a Team Nova Nordisk member, which actually now uses ambassadors in their Team Type 1 format. Sean is a Type 1 diabetic who was actually diagnosed in the Army, and then after getting out, started to get a lot more serious with his triathlon training. And in the meantime, set a 131 PR in the half marathon. Sean is also an accomplished Invictus Games athlete, which is a series of Olympic-style games that's specific to wounded warriors from all nations all across the globe. And oh, by the way, Sean has been personally praised by Prince Harry, so uh, no big deal. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. I've said it before, and I'm sure I'll say it a million more times, but thank you so much. I really wouldn't be anything without the listeners and all the messages and feedback that I get from you guys has been incredible. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. And without further ado, here's my interview with Sean. So I'm joined here by Sean Walsh. Sean Walsh is a triathlete for Team Nova Nordisk. He's 35 years old, a U.S. Army veteran, a type 1 diabetic, a Virginian, and a father of two. Sean, what's up? Hey, John. How, how are you? Good. I'm, uh, I'm hanging out. Um, so before we get started, I kind of wanted to kind of get an intro to you and see if there's anything that I missed in that intro that you'd like to add and um, kind of the background of uh, your diabetes. Sure. Yeah, I think you hit all the highlights. Um, really excited to be here. Really excited to be a part of what you're what you're getting started here. I think I'll just start with with my story, uh, being diagnosed and, and finding Team Nova Nordisk and, and getting to be a part of, of what they're doing to to educate, inspire, and uh, people affected by diabetes all around the world. So, like you said, I was a, I was an Army veteran. Uh, I was on a mission uh, overseas um, to Bangladesh, where myself and a, a small number of other soldiers we were doing some humanitarian assistance missions out there. And I came back to Hawaii after that and started exhibiting very classic uh, diabetes symptoms. And while I was living in Hawaii, I thought I I got very into triathlon out there, like a lot of people do with the weather and everything. And I just thought I was training super super hard and I'm I was like, oh, man, I must be getting really fit because I'm losing all this weight. And I'm like super thirsty all the time. Like, man, I must be working out a ton. And how much, how much uh, weight did you lost? Uh, I probably and when I got off the I came back to the United to the continental United States. My commander met me and he could like see the bones basically in my face. I probably lost about 20 pounds. And uh, I did a, a 10K run out in Hawaii out there. And I don't remember parts of it because i think my blood sugar was just so high that i was you know so affected by uh, what was going inside my body and um so i, I went for me like i must be really fit and then i tried tried racing and um you know barely barely remember some of it and you know it took me i had to sit in the car for two hours to recover after that effort because my body was so messed up uh, so came back to the to the continental united states got off the plane in my army posted at fort bragg and immediately went to my battalion doctor and a started telling her about my symptoms and she was like, yep, that's think, think I know what that is. And, you know, I had asked, done some research on the internet, which is not normally a good thing, but in this case it, it paid off and, and, you know, like, all right, let's get you uh, under control. And so I had to go to the ICU at uh, Fort Bragg that night, uh, stayed there through the weekend and met with the diabetes, diabetes educator. And, uh, he got me started on my, my management plan and, uh, haven't, you know, been trying to get better ever since. Uh, so, uh, that's kind of my story, uh, you know, kind of started off a little bit difficult, but, um, really excited to be where I am now after a lot of hard work. So being in the army, you're kind of already an athlete and you're required to already be an athlete more or less, um, before mm -hmm. you got diagnosed. And so how did that play out for you right after you got diagnosed? I mean, is it super nerve wracking to be diagnosed and then immediately expecting to still be an athlete while in the army and trying to obtain that standard? Or did you kind of pull yeah, back I, entirely and not work out and not train? How did that transition go for you? No, I'll tell you what. As, as soon as they let me start working out, I, I hit it as hard as I could. Um, so like the next and day. And once I – well, I, well <laughs> they let me walk around the hospital floor for a while. Uh, that was about the limit of it for a little bit. But once I understood how to uh, you know, manage my diabetes, you know, how to check my blood sugar, how to treat it in such a way that you know, I knew about how to exercise safely – and I also learned about the benefits of exercise for helping to manage diabetes. So as soon as I, I got that under control and I learned about how to do it safely, I, I went right pretty much right back to what I was doing before. And 
And a big part of that inspiration was I learned about uh, what is now Team Nova Nordis, basically, you know, the day after I got diagnosed. And I found out that there was a professional cycling team of people with diabetes, you know, so people competing at, you know, almost the highest level of professional sport. And I found out about other athletes with diabetes. I knew like, hey, if you can play in the NFL and if you can ride a bike professionally, you know, as part of Team Nova Nordis, then I can go out and do all the things that I want to do. And so, I found out about that story and about Phil and, and what he's put together. And that was a real source of inspiration to me. And I was like, all right, I'm not going to let this hold me back. I'm going to go find out what, what these guys and gals are doing and, and get after it. So did you already have a history with sport or athletics? Because I, I, so you were in the military and then kind of prior mm -hmm. to that, like college, high school, were you a swimmer, a biker, a runner? Yeah. So I, you know, I grew up swimming, uh, swam all through high school, swam a little bit, uh, as an undergrad, uh, at the military academy was not good enough to keep going with that after a year, but that's always been kind of my background. And then, you know, once I graduated and, you know, I was in the infantry and so did all the things that infantry officers have to go to ranger school and train every day and, and be as fit as possible. Then after I kind of moved on from that, um, I got really into triathlons. And so I kind of brought my swimming background up I hadn't swam in several years and then I just started a triathlon pretty much with no training and, and uh hopped right in open, wa open water swim uh, so I kind of always had a background for that and I was training all the way up to my diagnosis in fact in the, the 12 months prior to my diagnosis that's when I was like hey I want to be really serious about this triathlon thing so you know going into my diagnosis that's when I kind of was was starting to get you know probably the fittest I'd been for a very long time and uh, got into biking and, and running and doing marathons and all that, that stuff as a military guy, I think it's common to be like, all right, you know, I've, I can do a triathlon, you know, I've done a 20 mile ruck. I can do an iron. Yeah. Man. Was that kind of your logic even after getting diagnosed? Like, you know, Hey, I was oh, in the yeah. army. I, I can do anything. Yeah. That was a big part of it. Having that background, you know, is serving in the military. Um, you know, I've been through some, you know, some pretty, uh, sifting experiences and I, and on top of that, what other people in the military go through. You know, I know if people can come back from the injuries that, that they come back from and, and you know all about that, um, then I know that I can handle this. You know, I can learn to manage my diabetes and be an athlete and be competitive. And um, I also found this is one of the things I learned from, from Team Nova Nordisk was that, you know, the better an athlete you are, the better you are at managing your diabetes. The better you are at managing your diabetes, the better an athlete you're going to be. And so it was kind of a combination of like, hey, you know, I'm, I've done all these, you know, these difficult things already. And I look around all the people who are equally or, or not even more, you know, or even more inspiring. I took that and say, Hey, I can overcome this challenge. So I saw something on the team Nova Nordisk site that I thought was interesting. Um, under your bio, it said that you thought you were fitter now since you've been diagnosed and since you've left the military. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think that's the case. And, you know, you mentioned my age and, you know, I started on getting triathlons when, you know, maybe, uh, uh, you know, seven or eight years ago and I continue to improve. And I think maybe part of that was learning how to manage my diabetes. It's like, Hey, you know, especially as a triathlete, like we're all about numbers. We're all about Watts, Watts per kilo heart rate. Uh, what's the temperature outside? How many calories I'm taking in? And you apply that training methodology. Diabetes is just another number that you're, you're, you're trying to manage. And so it all became one big thing that I was trying to do together, you know, you, you fuel to, to manage your diabetes and, and also fuel your performance. And so I, I think that's, I think that's definitely true that I, that not only have I continue to get better, I think managing my diabetes is a big part of that. And it's also given me a goal that like, Hey, you know, this is this thing that happened to me, but like, I'm going to use that as a source of inspiration. That's going to make me even better. And one thing I like to tell people is like, when I, when I start a race and we're getting ready to, you know, start the swim, the big triathlon, you're lined up against, all these folks and, you know, they have all these crazy expensive bikes and you know, they've got all this time to train. And, you know, sometimes you, you don't have access to that, but, you know, I look to myself and I think it's obviously like, Hey, this is something I got to deal with that they don't, you know, I'm here on the starting line and they don't have to deal with half the things I have to deal with. And you know what, that's going to provide me a source of, of inspiration and strength that when it's 9% through the race and it's getting difficult and it's getting hot, I know I've already overcome so much. And I know there's so many other great people out here affected by this disease have already overcome so much. I have a source of strength that they don't have. And that's what I use to try to fulfill me to be as successful as possible. Absolutely. And so it's yeah. funny that you mentioned diabetes is just one more number that you have to track in this you mm -hmm. know, mathematical game of endurance sports. 
am I the only person that sometimes sees people collapsing at the finish line and wonders what their blood sugar is? Because like non-diabetics, <laughs> I always look at non-diabetics because I follow triathlon and I follow ultra running. And every now and then mm-hmm. people just have an insane bonk. You know, they just blow up halfway yeah. through a race and they don't know why. And I always wonder, I wonder what their blood sugar is. <laughs> you know, I can't, That's it. it's just something about it. I, I have to know. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm always, yeah, uh, you know, it's funny when I, when, you know, we use a, I've test my blood sugar or I have a pump or something like that. And people are always wondering like, oh, do you want, you know, would it be great if I could monitor that? And I think there is, there's a desire to, to know as much about how our bodies are working, you know, whether or not you have diabetes or not. So I think that's a definite possibility that, that people are, I wish, I, I bet a lot of people wish they kind of had the, the level of information that, that we do. Yeah. So I've never once looked into it, but I don't even know. I don't, I didn't know much about diabetes before I got diagnosed, but I don't think that that's something a regular athlete ever would need to test. Right. I, I, Cause I know a regular athlete could get low blood sugar in a race, but yeah, it's not going to be detrimentally low. Right. That, you know, that, I, uh, you know, I think you start running for 24 hours, all kinds of crazy things can happen. I'm, yeah. I'm sure. Um, I think if they're properly taking care of themselves as athletes then, then it shouldn't happen. Um, yeah, I think I just uh, gave myself some homework. I need to look that up. <laughs> I'd be, yeah, I'm interested to find out the results of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so kind of talk about getting onto Team Nova Nordis. Like, is that something that anyone can just do? Did you like submit an application or did they, you know, send you an invitation? How does that work? Sure. So, um, I had, so I, you know, found out about the team right away and then I've actually gotten like really into just watching cycling as a sport and so, so I found out about what they're doing, you know, racing all over the world, racing at all these big races. Um, and, you know, they're planning to get to the Tour de France. So, like, I knew about them both as a as a fan of cycling and as an athlete with diabetes. And so uh, in addition to the professional team, there's uh, a development team and a junior team. And then there's an elite team, uh, both cyclists and cyclocross riders and mountain bikers. And then uh, we call our running triathlon team. Yeah, and they so, train down in Georgia, uh, right? Uh, so we're all over the world. You know, I have teammates uh, in Europe, uh, teammates all over North America. You know, got, you know, so it's it's a worldwide thing. Uh, the team headquarters is is in Atlanta. Uh, that's where Phil and, and the team is based out of. Uh, but then, you know, the riders all over the world as well. And so they're they're going wherever the races are. And the elite team's the same way. So we're, we're based out of wherever we're based out of. And then uh, sometimes we'll do races together. Like they did Boston a couple of years ago where they brought in all the marathoners to come do that and do a big, big push there, but it's really wherever you need to be. Uh, um, and so, yeah, so to join the elite team, uh, you know, I think you can go online and you can see that there's, you know, submit an application to be a part of the elite team. So we're looking, always looking for people, um, you know, that there was a specific standard that they were looking at for, for Ironman at Ironman distance. And so, uh, you know, I met that, was able to submit an application, you know, talking about your athletic performance, your, your diabetes story. And they're also really what they're most interested in is that, you know, your ability to be an advocate for uh, for athletes with diabetes. So I, I've been able to do some of that prior to being part of Team Nipponortis through uh, other competitions I've been a part of. And, you know, I love telling my story, you know, through all the great partnership organizations that support people with diabetes. And so, you know, then there's some interviews and follow up to make sure that you're, you're ready to be part of that commitment and, and represent the team. And so, um, you know, was able, was invited to that and then continued to increase my involvement. And, uh, it's been pretty amazing. What is the standard for applying to team Nova Nordis? Is that like uh, publicly, you're, you're kinda, is that yeah, publicly traded? Go online, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and it may have changed in the last year or so. I'll tell you, so we're always looking for people that the number one thing is, um, you know, your ability to be an advocate for, for athletes with diabetes. Um, you're putting me on the spot here. So it may have changed. <laughs> I want to say, around like a 445 half Ironman. And I can't remember what the full Ironman time. And there's a marathon time as well. Um, and a half hour, half marathon time as well. But really that's just kind of a gauge. Like if you are delivering exceptional results or even if you are that you, you know, you're, you're competing at an elite level um, without not in those two disciplines, but if you're going out there and you're, you're getting the kind of results that we're looking for that, that. That's what I think what matters, you know, so it's a little more holistic too. What's your uh, PR to date for the half? Um, so uh, <laughs> you're kind of, again, putting me on the spot a little bit here. So ballpark, actual half ballpark. Man, ball, no, no, I will. My actual half hour man was uh, best ever was a, was a five Oh three. However, I was all set to go do um, a big half hour man in Richmond in 2015. 
And uh, I think Hurricane Joaquin came through and basically canceled most of the big endurance events that occurred uh, in October of 2015. So, however, my race was salvaged, but it got turned into a long course duathlon because we weren't able to swim. And so I was able to kind of work with them. I can't even remember what the time was, uh, but I was able to work with them like, well, if I had swum, it would have been this time. It's like, all right, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll consider yeah. that being the qualifying time. So that's bad for you because swimming sounds like oh, it's yeah. the best event. Yeah, that definitely would have been, to, that's to my disadvantage when the swim's not there is, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's yeah, I really, you know, sometimes I wish it was just a lot longer. Like I could do like a half, you know, full iron, oh, iron yeah. swim, and then we go run a 5k run at the event. That'd be my best event. So I did triathlon in college a bit and one of my best friends oh, was cool. a swimmer and he would always come out of the water first of hundreds yeah. of people. Um, and then me and him on the bike would both just be getting just passed, you know, by people just yeah. blowing by us. Um, yep. But, um, is it, what, what are kind of the races that you swam in college? Yep. So, um, I swam the, the 500, the thousand and, uh, Oh yeah. So you were already geared towards yeah. long distance. Yeah, so that's why I've always kind of enjoyed that. Just yeah. you know, and, I, and I'll tell you when I when I swam at West Point, like uh, you know, they were nice. Enough, I, I say they were nice enough to kind of let me on the team for a little bit because the you know I don't think I had the, the necessary preparation. But it was it was a really tough year and really you know I learned a lot about being an athlete, you know, competing at the at the military academy and you know some four hours a day. Uh, but that I think that experience from a, a training standpoint has really carried me through through all the other disciplines. Because uh, that—that's, I think, you get so much out of that. This, you know, learning how to swim and learning how to swim competitively. Yeah. So jumping back to Team Nova Nordisk, I think mm-hmm. their tagline is "Changing Diabetes." How does that apply mm-hmm. to you? Do you think how they, for the teams specifically? How does that kind of break down into a mantra for individual athletes? Yeah. The you know, I think every, you know, we had a training camp in, in Spain last year. Where I got to meet all the other uh, elite team members and, and the professional team as well. And I think that means something different to, to every member of the team. And, and to me, it's, um, you know, I'll tell you what, one, one of the things I love most about me and my teammates is, you know, I was diagnosed, you know, my 29th birthday. So I didn't live my whole life uh, with diabetes the way that a lot of my teammates did. And so it's so inspiring to me to hear about their stories about, you know, how they competed with diabetes when they were, you know, 12 and 13. And, you know, there were no CGMs and no pumps and, some people have been doing it so long that there were no uh, meters and that you had to do it like the old fashioned way. And it was, mm-hmm. and uh, that's incredibly inspiring to me. And so I see the story of what they've been through about growing up with the disease and, and getting stronger and getting better. And, and it's because people have been pioneers and say, Hey, you can go out and do an Ironman with, with this disease and, and, you know, and with this condition and you can go out and run a hundred miles if you manage, you know, you take care of your, your diabetes in the way that, that you need to. And so for me, that's what it is. It's about trying to be a pioneer and, and showing people that, you know, you don't have to let it hold you back, that you can be a better person with it, that it's a challenge, but you can overcome that challenge. So that's what changing diabetes is to me. It's, it's being, trying to be a pioneer and, and, um, trying to change things for, for other people. Cause I've seen the progress that's been made because people were brave enough to say, you know what? I, I know how to I know how to manage this, and so as a result, I'm going to go off and do something big, and I'm trying to do something big as, as part of this team. What do you think the hardest part about managing diabetes through a triathlon is? Because I, I can say I've done one mm-hmm. as an athlete, but I've never done one while also balancing the impossible task of keeping blood sugars at 100. You know, you know, it's um, you know, I, I sometimes I think dur- during I don't I don't want to get too into specifics on it, but. I think sometimes during racing, that's almost, that's a little bit easier than the training. The training is what you got to fit in like during your whole life, you know, and it's waking up early and it's trying to fit it in around lunch. And, and that's sometimes where I, I, I find it a little more difficult on race day. It's, you have the advantage of being prepared and you get the, the planet and so, you know, and so forth. And so I'd say in general, the, the, the most difficult part of being a triathlete and managing diabetes is actually the training of, of of trying to go out and, and fit everything in because you have this extra mental stress on top of you. Uh, but I would say it's just, you know, making sure that, um, you know, you, you check your blood sugar, you know, before, during and after the competition. And sometimes, you know, I had to sacrifice 20 seconds to make sure my blood sugar is where it needs to be during transition. And that can be tough, but, uh, that goes back to what I talked about. Like, Hey, when I'm racing, it's other people like, well, they don't need to wait 20 seconds to, to test their blood sugar one more time. And, but I do, but I'm still going to go out there and, and can run for their money. 
almost like it's not it's not a disadvantage in your mind, right? No, it's you know it you got to that's that's part of that sports psychology of like, hey, how do I flip this? Like, this isn't something that I have to do. It's you know part of who I am, and so I'm going to make this a source of strength now. That it's it's something that I know I can I can manage, and that other people don't. And as a result, it's going to make me stronger. So part of that is is reframing that mental image of like, this isn't a weakness. This can now be a source of inspiration to me and to other people, and that's going to inspire me as I perform and as I go out there to compete as hard as I can. So I'm sitting here looking at all the races you've done on mm-hmm. USTA triathlon or USA triathlon, mm-hmm. and I could sit here and list them all. But I mean, what do you think is the highlight? You know, um, so I live here in, in Washington D.C., and the, the nation's triathlon is Olympicus triathlon, and, and uh, I would say I've done that maybe four or five times and getting to compete in your hometown uh, on probably one of the biggest, maybe outside of the national, you know, atrium national championship, probably one of the biggest Olympic races of the year. Um, you know, uh, they have a, an elite or a pro field that whatever you want to call it that I have to qualify in for. And so the first time I got to do that, that I'm lining up as part of the elite field with, you know, guys who are, who are clearly trying to make a profession of this, you know, inside the nation's capital around my family, around, uh, my friends, that's probably my, my favorite race to do. And I've had, you know, so maybe not from a t- absolute time perspective, but I think my best performances have been there. Um, you know, and they, when you play the national anthem and you're, you're looking around and there's the Vietnam Memorial and, um, you know, you know so my, uh, my military colleagues have, have been there as well. That's, that's really awesome. And so I think that's probably my, my favorite race to do. So this might be a selfish question because I don't know mm-hmm. if anyone else has this problem, but I know when I'm swimming, I still swim to this day to do cross training for, you know, my running goals. Yeah. I find it hard to kind of gauge my blood sugar when I'm in the pool. Is that, yep. is that like the hardest thing about, you know, a triathlon in terms I, of I gauging say, blood sugar is. I will tell you definitely water. when, yeah, well, I'll tell you when I was definitely, um, first diagnosed, that's where I struggled the most. Um, you know, when you're on the bike, you always have access to nutrition right away. Um, you know, when you're on the run, it's a little more steady. Um, but yeah, I struggled a little bit on the swim as well. I don't think that's uncommon, especially because it's both an upper and lower, lower body exercise. Um, so I'll tell you that, that I, I don't think I did anything specific to figure out how to solve that, but you know, it's really just being really applying all the, all the basics really well. So like, um, you know, make sure you have a source of glucose, you know, on the pool deck with you, not like in your bag in the locker, but like, there with your goggles mm-hmm. you, you know you have to be even more diligent about checking your blood sugar beforehand and afterwards but yeah it's i don't that's just anecdotal but i think that might not be uncommon as well so you just have to make sure you're doing the, the basics really really well and then um you know applying those i think that's what's going to make it maybe a little bit more easy a little easier yeah i think for me a lot of times a low kind of feels yep like some combination of tingly and rapid mm-hmm. heart rate and kind of like yep. you know some sort of <laughs> just breath. Like, yeah like you're, it's like, all yeah, the like same things that pool, yeah yeah and your at least your you know your skin being able to feel a low kind of leaves yeah. you when you're in the pool and so yep. luckily I've never had a low because I always swim in the morning and it's kind of my least likely time to go low but, yeah um, yeah I was I'm curious as to how you know a pro or a semi pro guy feels about that too it's funny that you have that same that same thought yeah so that's just something you know you have to be just as careful about and and uh, you know really supplying the basics is is how I think you can manage that and, and mitigate that as best as best as possible but. I don't think it's uncommon. And so for a cyclist too, you know, most cyclists will have like a bag of, you know, emergency supplies on their bike. Mm-hmm. I imagine you have two, one for your bike and yeah. one for you. Yeah. And that's just, you know, that's just part of your, your packing list is, you know, all right, tubes, uh, flat kit, water bottle, you know, a spare water bottle. Uh, you know, you kind of figure out how many gels or how much food you need. And then like, all right, well, let me add 20%. In case I get lost, you know, and then I'm out in the middle of nowhere and then, you know, I have to you know, manage, you know, manage my blood sugar in that way and treat a low blood sugar. Uh, so it's really just like, hey, planning just from a performance standpoint and then like, hey, let me add in whatever I need to make sure that I have that level of confidence as well. Awesome. So I have to ask because my wife mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> was begging me earlier to ask the Invictus Games and meeting mm-hmm. Prince Harry. Yeah. So I got uh, another story. Yeah. So yeah, that, that I think that's probably been one of the sports highlights that I've been involved probably lifetime. 
Uh, so the Invictus Games are a international competition for wounded, injured, and ill veterans and service members. And so because I was in the military when I was diagnosed uh, and I had to leave the military, uh, I fall into that population. And so it's, a, you know, it's for people that have been injured in, in, in combat or, or, you know, were hurt while training or, or got sick or, you know, have some other kind of chronic condition. And uh, so Prince Harry uh, from the UK, he came over to watch a similar competition here in the United States uh, called the Warrior Games, where it's kind of inter-service Army versus Navy versus Marine Corps and so forth. And it's a, a Paralympic-style competition. And so Prince Harry saw that and he's like, hey, let's try to make that global. And so he went back to London. They had a competition in London and they invited the United States, UK, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Italy, France, uh, Ukraine, Poland, Georgia, Iraq, Afghanistan, all to come together and all people have been affected by their military service to do competition in cycling, swimming, track, uh, all kinds of you know really incredible competitions. And so I got to go to the 2016 competition uh, held down in Orlando in Disney World and, and compete as part of the U.S. team there. And so I did cycling and swimming. And, uh, you know, because I had my swimming background and um, that's where I had the most success. And so the U.S. team, we finished second in the, in the 200 meter relay, the British they're pretty strong. We're hoping to get them next year, but they they were pretty strong that year. And so Prince Harry, he came out and awarded the medals uh, to us for that. And uh, you know, you know, I talked a little bit earlier. Like he's he's a really genuine guy. He wants to be, you know, that he is happy to. He says when he's one of the lads, as they like to say over there, you know, one of the guys. And um, you know, he's very genuine about his commitment to people, you know, who have been wounded, injured, or, or become ill because of their military service. Uh, super casual. I think he met every single athlete. Uh, so, you know, being part of that competition, representing the United States, you know, getting to wear U.S. colors, um, you know, we were on ESPN3. Um, that's a pretty amazing experience. And, and, you know, showing people that you're able to compete at this level you know, with diabetes uh, was, was pretty amazing. And so that was, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, we think of diabetes as closing doors, but this actually got to open one for me to be part of that competition. Absolutely. And so how does the... I don't want to say diagnosis, but I mean, what mm -hmm. are the, what are the gamut of disabilities and kind of how are those competitions waged fairly disability? Mm -hmm. disability? Oh yeah, yeah. Sure. So there's, there's a whole classification. System. So obviously, um, you know, one of, one of my other good friends, you know, he, he, uh, you know, he lost his leg in Iraq. Obviously he and I, you know, don't compete against one another and there's a different classification systems. And so, you know, for myself and there were actually, there was another U S mem team member there with diabetes. And so we competed basically in what we call the open category and so that's you know you might have a condition so that so diabetes kept me out of the military but it didn't affect my athletic performance in that way so as a result everyone else that i competed against was in a similar situation um, so that's how we kept it uh, in line with those rules and so and there were some people that were like really there to compete especially on the bike you know you, you know you and i like to ride bikes but then you meet these europeans that have been doing it since they were four years old and, and they were lining up and they were ready to race. It's so much um, more popular there. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's, so that's how they keep that, you know, in line with, uh, with fairness. And so the people I compete against were, were people in similar circumstances where, yeah, maybe we can't be in the military anymore because of, you know, an injury or something like that, but it, it didn't really affect our, our athletic performance or we didn't let it because of the way that, you know, we trained and, and got to where we were to get to that line, that starting line. Absolutely. And so, um, I don't know if your wife is upset as mine about Prince Harry's new engagement. <laughs> I think she still hoped that at some point Prince Harry would, you know, knock on our door and sweep her away from me, but now she's really stuck. Well, we keep hoping that, um, you know, because he met us that one time and I posted it on Instagram and mm -hmm. it got 50 views that like, oh, well, we're going to receive an invitation to the Royal Wedding. So yes. we keep waiting. It's obviously it's the holidays. The mail's a little slow. So we're kind of hoping once we get to january that our invitation will will arrive i would go um, ahead but, and buy a flight yeah, oh, yeah that's, <laughs> just just book just the hotel safe, yeah that's yeah that's totally gonna happen worst so, case scenario you yeah. go and just have a you know a europe trip <laughs> just show up to the ceremony like i'm here yeah i uh i was in the evictus games i where's my seat if he's if so, he's yeah. truly a lad he'll let you in we'll see he actually probably would like i think maybe the people around him like his security detail probably would not be on board with that but i bet he would act from the you know maybe two or three interactions i had with him he'd probably be super on board with that well i'm gonna be stalking your instagram come <laughs> to the wedding just to see if you made it in um so i'd like to move on so what is your training like now 
Sure. So uh, a little bit different right now. Obviously, it's the holidays, so things are a little bit slower. Oh, yeah. uh, it's taking a little more of a break, which is good. So the big kind of bigger life change than having diabetes is I had my uh, my second son about three months ago. So I knew that would affect my training for the second half of the year. So I built up towards a half Ironman in June. And I was like, all right, hey, you know, normally I peak towards an A race in September, October. Uh, my my son was born in September 6th. So uh, that, you know, I was not going to be doing my, my A race, you know, September 15th. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I kind of just experimented with the second half of the year. So I did some aqua bikes, which is like just the swim and the bike. So probably the thing that you would be least interested in as a super strong runner. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of curious, like, Hey, how fast could I go on the bike if I didn't have to run afterwards? And, uh, I found out the answer is not that much faster because, you know, um, you get to a level in triathlon where you're really training to go probably close to 90 to 95% of your max. So even if you, you go that extra 5% in an absolute term, like it hurts a lot more because you're going hundred percent, you know, the whole time, but you actually don't pick up that much time. So it was, it was, an, it was an interesting physical challenge um, to try to do something a little bit different. And then uh, I've spent the last couple of months actually got involved in cyclocross, um, which is very new to me. Uh, a lot of your runners, your listeners might actually be familiar with that. It's, it's very big in Belgium, but it's basically if you took a mountain bike and a road bike and they got married and had a baby, that's what a cyclocross bike would look like. So it has road, road bike style handlebars, but it'll have like really thick tires, like 32 millimeter tires and disc brakes. And then you, I tell people to imagine if you went to a golf course that had rained for three days straight and you had a bike race on the golf course and you intentionally took the course through the sand pits and through the ponds, that's what a cyclocross race is like. And so it's um, very open, but, you know, it's like everybody's got a beard. Uh, and so it's just fun to do something different, very short, like 40 minute efforts instead of, you know, five hour efforts. Um but just try something different. And so, and that was, I had to learn all again, how to manage my diabetes in a new, new discipline. Cause I was now doing something that was 40 minutes all out versus a five minute effort. So, um, you know, that was challenging, but it was also, Hey, I'm not going to let the fact that I have diabetes stop me from doing something just because I've gotten comfortable with one thing. Well, there's always going to be something new. And so to me, it was a new challenge to figure out what else can I do to manage my diabetes even better. So, uh, so that's what I've been doing recently. And then, um, Looking forward, you know, after I get over this break and we get back to January and, and starting to hit it again. So I'm really going to I'm, I'm really excited to try to participate in the Invictus Games again in 2018. And they're scheduled to be in Sydney, uh, which would be an awesome experience to represent the U.S. again. And so uh, taking a little time away from the triathlon, maybe, and really focusing on, uh, you know, pool swimming again and uh, road racing, you know, at the, the Invictus style. So it's going to be a triathlon on the criterium. So maybe taking a year away from, from triathlon to focus on, on those disciplines, um, which will be interesting because it's kind of, you know, you look at the body types of what a swimmer looks like, you look at the body type of what a cyclist looks like, and they're not the same. Mm-hmm. So trying to be uh, successful at, at both of those sports is going to be an interesting challenge. So, but I'm very excited for it. So I didn't track it much last year or this year, mm-hmm. but I'm going to hundred percent be watching and I'll uh, have a little fan group ready to, to support you. Hey, I appreciate that. You know, it's, uh, it's, we're, it's game on down under is what they're saying. Uh, so we're super excited about it. Um, this has been, you know, it's, it's a global thing. Uh, it's important to support our allies and support what, what we're doing here. And, um, I'll tell you about going there and, and being part of that's really, really inspirational. So I'm, I'm, we're, we're hoping to be rooting for the U S team and uh, I really appreciate that. So a lot of people have run half marathons and marathons, but talk mm-hmm. about what it's like to get off of a 50 mile or a hundred mile bike and step that first step into a marathon. That is, well, I've never done a full Ironman, so I can't speak to that. I, I suspect it would be even more awful. Um, yeah. Well, you can at least attest since. to the half. <laughs> um, I will tell you, you know, that's a learned thing is, you know, I remember the first time I tried it, I was, you know, your, your legs, they're used to going in circles and now you want them to go, you know, in a run and it's, your body was like, what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, so it's, it's wobbly, you know, you get these wobble legs, uh, but then that becomes, uh, part of your training and you train for that discipline specifically. So you do, uh, we call them bricks where you'll do a really hard bike effort, put the bike down and immediately jump off and run. And so now the new thing, now what they're finding is actually that you do that repetitively. So you don't just do that, that transition once in a workout, 
you do it maybe three or four times. So then you, you finish your run, you get back on the bike and then you run again and you get back on the bike and run, run again. You increase your intensity as you go. And, and that's what makes every you, time. yeah. Yeah. And that's all part of that learned skill is that, you know, yeah, that transition is, yeah. is a big part of it. Yep. And so, you know, and having diabetes, you're, you're constantly juggling you know, all your equipment and everything and your, your meters and, and your, your medication. So like, you're good at that, you know? Um, so that's a learned thing. And it's just like managing diabetes. You, you practice it and then you struggle and then you get better and then you have a setback and you figure out what caused it. And then you, you, you try to get even better at it. Um, I've gotten to the point though, actually, I think I almost run better off the bike. Maybe that's just in my head, but, uh, you know, you do it so many times and you get very comfortable with it. And sometimes I feel, I feel maybe even stronger off the bike than I do if you, if I just lined up for a 5k. Do you have that a half bad. marathon PR that you want to share? Um, yeah, like one thirty. Uh, so not, not out, out of this world. Um, uh, but yeah, so right around there. And that was that after a 50 mile bike or was that yeah. standalone? Oh no, no, that was, no, that was just, I lined up, um, and then just tried to run 30.1 miles as fast as I could. Yeah. That's not that's a great PR. I mean, on track for a, a 320, 330 marathon, which is incredible. That'd be nice. Yeah, yeah, once that you know, if I get if I ever get bored with with triathlon, you know, eventually I know I'd like to go back to marathon because marathon's a special event. Like, uh, there's really nothing. You know, I would find when I tell people what it's like to do a half Ironman, it's you really just want it to be over. But like, there's something special about finishing a marathon and you know being part of this like huge event, even if it's not like the Boston or New York Marathon Marathon. You know, even if it's like five thousand people. Like the national you know, marathon's it, coming up in April. Yeah. I'm doing uh, it. I, so if you've never been to Nashville, oh, you got to go. Where where is it here in DC? Uh, the Music City. It, the, I think they call it just the Nashville Rock and Roll, but it's in uh, oh the Nashville Nashville. Nashville yeah, yeah. sorry, Nashville. Yeah, yeah, I've heard great things about that. Yeah. So yeah, something like that. Like that is so special to be around ten thousand plus people who have all worked four plus months to be a part of that. It's really incredible. Like that's that's I love telling people about the marathon. I've only done two. Um. And, you know, it's, I, I love the fact that almost if everybody, if you're healthy, you can go out and train to do a marathon and that's really incredible. So that's, you know, it's, it's pretty special. So what kind of gear are you wearing? Um, you, you're feel free to talk about the bikes and I don't know if team Nova Nordis kind of pushes you towards, you know, certain bikes or certain gear, but what do you train with? Uh, sure. So, uh, we're actually so well supported by uh, a number of great companies and then obviously, you know, um, I have some of my own things as well. And so on the road, um, um, you know, I had uh, some Colnago bikes that have been really, really successful for me. Um, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, currently clothing, um, you know, we have, we wear craft gear, uh, that's been very, very successful for me. And so I love wearing the team Nova Norris colors. I make sure my bike is in team Nova Norris colors as well. Do you train that um, or do you only wear those race day? Or do you uh, you know, I built up and... enough. Well, so, you know, um, because I, I have to admit, like I'm my, jealous, and I wish I, I wish I could like go online and order them. There, you know, I, there is a store. I think if you go online, you can go. There is a store where you can order um, a lot of the kit. Uh, so if you, yeah, I think if you go to like Team Nova store or something like that, I think I think there is a store where you can go and and like I bought my dad a polo recently. I don't know, I don't know how I missed um, that. I just want I just want a onesie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you can get a, like uh, you can definitely get running gear. Like yeah. There's a lot of running gear there. So I highly recommend that. Um, yeah. So no, but I, I'm kind of, I have like my race kit that like goes in a special part of the closet and it's hung up and it has my wooden hangers and it's like, that's for race day. But unfortunately I've like acquired enough over the last two years that I have training kit as well. But there is definitely like this, this stays here until race day. And that's when you put it on, it's, it's go time. Cause it's, it's, it's the race kit and you're, you're ready to go. That's all part of the mental preparation. Absolutely. What about like general nutrition or diet? Do you kind of, are you still at the point where you can kind of eat whatever you want? Or I know in a lot of people in endurance sports, I feel like the trend is evolving towards like a vegetarian diet and some people Mm -hmm. are, you know, high carb. Um, and without getting this into specifics, do you ever talk about, uh, like, do you have any like overall nutrition philosophies that you try and adhere to, especially when it comes to training? um, Yeah. So, um, you know, this is one more thing you you have to be aware of because you know if you if you give yourself something bolus that kind of you know you could get low while training so it's very important to, to test your blood sugar beforehand so um, I don't follow like a really specific like 
philosophy towards uh, nutrition. Um, you know, I just try to eat as much uh, you know kind of whole food as possible. You know, stay away from anything processed. Um, you know, I've kind of revisited that recently, and so really trying to, I think, actually, kind of maybe reduce some of the carbs and and get into more vegetables and and you know nuts and things like that. Uh, but I don't I don't stick to any like particular philosophy. I think um, it's more important to kind of take from a lot of different schools of thought and kind of find what works for you. So I've been doing this about six or seven years, and I think I've kind of stumbled across what works best for me. I just try to stick to that. Yeah. I'm always curious as to, you know, kind of how people are, you know, aiding their training with Mm -hmm. fuel essentially. So what is your next race? I don't, I think I may have missed that, but what are you training for now? So, um, yeah, so, um, I've kind of re normally what I would do is kind of build towards like a, a B plus race in May or June, but with the Invictus games in October and me trying to concentrate on, on kind of the road and the pool and things like that. Um, just kind of waiting for road season to come out. Normally I would do like a really early season triathlon, but, uh, here in, here in DC where they actually have a, I tell people it's an underground bike race series in March, but it's actually in an underground parking lot. Uh, and so looking forward to kind of kicking the race season off of that. It's actually like you go up and down different floors of the, of the parking garage on your bike. And then you kind of have to run around. It's all taped off and you know people come in costume and stuff like that. So, that's what I'm looking forward to next. And and so, yeah, the, the conditions aren't right quite the same as a criterion, but it's, it's getting you ready for that 30 minutes all out. So yeah, just really looking forward to kind of doing some fun stuff in the, in the, you know, late winter spring and then getting ready for a full road season and, and, and the pool and then building towards the mixed games in October. If, if I'm selected, like that's still up to, you know, the, the organizing committee, but uh, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to get there. Do you post a lot about your training online? Because I, I wanted to say, you know, I look forward to following your training. But, I mean, are you on Strava? Do you kind of – are you super transparent or transparent at all? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I am on Strava. I can't tell you, like, I think I think I had the same username. So my username for things like Instagram and Twitter is at type1try, T-R-I. Um, and obviously that's a pun. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, I, I'll post stuff about, you know, my training on Instagram and things things like that. And I think you can find me on, uh, I'm open on Strava so you can see what I'm doing there. Uh, I will be honest. It might not be, not all of it's going to be super exciting because there's a lot of trainer rides. Yeah. Um, uh, love you, you know, maybe going back to equipment, love using the trainer as a, as a training tool. I find that, uh, especially for triathlon style efforts where it's very steady, uh, and you're not trying to follow somebody's wheel or something like that. The trainer is for 92% of what I do is is the way to go and then really just as i got close to race preparation is when i would go out to the road and things like that so it's a lot of it'll be trainer you mean a stationary bike yeah uh so i'll take my i apologize um i'll take my actual bike so my triathlon bike and then you hook it up to a it's not like a like a spin bike like you might have in the gym you use your actual bike and then you hook up um a contraption to it so the wheel has resistance but it's not touching the ground so you don't like go through your TV and then you're able to simulate riding. And if you have a power meter, which measures how hard you're, you're pushing on the pedals, that gives you uh, a very quantifiable level of, of effort. And so as a result, you can get super dialed in. So it's not like heart rate where that's a very, it's a, a trailing effort, you know, or trailing indicator, like your heart rate, you know, you're working really hard. Now your heart rate's going to take a while to rise. Like you, when you look at your power meter, it shows you exactly how hard you're pushing that second. And so it's very, very, it's like very immediate feedback on how hard you're working. And so as a result, because you're indoors, you don't, you're not worried about your speed is not what matters. It's how hard you're pushing on the pedals. And so you can get very, very precise into your training. Absolutely. Well, the yeah. last set of questions I have, I'm going to call template sure. talk. Um, it's just a bunch of random <laughs> questions. I'm going to shoot them at you. You could say the first thing that comes off your mind. And if you want to go down a tangent or a rabbit hole, I'll follow you because, you know, why not? Um, yeah, first question, um, favorite running music. Oh, I'm really into uh, global trance dance music. Uh, so if you know that there's a, there's a Dutch trance act called, uh, trance around the world or, or, uh, tra- uh above and beyond. So I'm really into dance music. Um, I did not see that's that. That's what gets me through did the not day. see that. Answer yeah. <laughs> I couldn't have guessed that. I highly recommend it. Go to pre-race meal. Um, can't go wrong with pasta, pasta and chicken. 
and a little bit of olive oil, maybe a little bit of red sauce, some veggies the night beforehand. Um, that's what's going to get you ready to go. Post-race. Uh, <laughs> Uh, whatever they have available is usually pretty good for me. That's, uh, I'm looking forward to like a milkshake, uh, if it's like a big day. Um, but other than that, you know, I'll tell you now it's, you know, with kids, it's like you get off the race and it's like right back to work. So whatever I can kind of get, I like going out to breakfast too, like after a race. That's, that's a lot of fun. Absolutely. Hold on. So I got my, I think my Dexcom alarm is going off. I don't know why. Yeah, let's see. Sometimes before these interviews, I'll like eat like a ice cream bar or something, so I don't have to worry about going low. This time it worked. Yeah, the total opposite for too me. well, too well. Yeah. <laughs> so this will be part of the show that I'll edit out, but yep. I'm going to take a break and or not correct it. Yeah, it wouldn't be a good diabetic podcast if someone didn't have to stop yeah. and correct a high. It's, uh, it's it's authentic, you know. It's a lived experience. That's so funny. I. My blood sugars have been kind of weird today. I think it's, I, I had a terrible run earlier where I couldn't come off a low and then I like front loaded a bunch of carbs and tried to mm-hmm. run through it and I couldn't. I eventually quit. And then since that, I've been slowly inching up all afternoon and evening. Yeah. Bastards. And everybody's different. That's the other thing I've learned being part of Team No Norses, you know, because I didn't, you know, like yourself, I didn't grow up with this. So I didn't like these kids, you know, it's all these great opportunities where guys go to camps. And they make all these like friends with diabetes and like, I didn't have any of that. So like I got diagnosed and it was, I was, I didn't feel like solitary. It was like, Oh, I'm the only person in the world with diabetes, you know, except for like Jay Cutler, you know, and, <laughs> and you know what I'm reading about team Nova Nordisk. And so going to the camp and, and meeting all the other athletes and finding about this huge experience they had, you learn that everybody's, you know, they manage your condition differently. And, um, you know, um, that was really cool to me because I didn't grow up with it. And so it was really cool to like, be part of this community all of a sudden. Jay Cutler, if you're listening, you're welcome on this show. <laughs> I can't say I haven't reached out to your agent because I have. I might have begged. <laughs> I don't think I begged, but you're definitely welcome. I know you run sometimes <laughs> from the sideline to you know the huddle, um, and you're more than welcome <laughs> to come on the show and talk to us about that. So yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I think the last question I asked you, let's see, was, yeah, so go straight. So next question, real sugar or artificial sweetener? Uh, you know, increasingly neither one. Uh, I'll put a little bit of artificial sweetener on, you know, maybe some cereal before I go work out. But uh, I don't even really need that. I drink all my coffee black for a long time. Like a true army man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite food you would eat a huge portion of if you were not a diabetic? Um, well, I, you know, like, uh, I don't want to, this is going to sound like I'm being disingenuous, but like, I, I honestly, uh, I think would eat the same kind of way. I would just, you just don't, I would have to pay less attention to it. So, um, I don't know if like I would go out and suddenly eat like a lot of cotton candy or maybe a lot more gummy bears. Like, <laughs> I do. I used to love gummy bears, and now now they're like a performance thing. Like you can eat gummy bears like while racing. Some people are really into that. Something you wish everyone knew about diabetes. That's a good one. Um, you know, a lot of people. You know, not just in. I think it's easy to point to people in sports. You know, because like you know, like hey, you can go out, and that's what we're trying to do. Like you are doing Ironman, or you can you know, be a professional athlete and you can be a professional cyclist. Uh, but just like work stuff too, that it's like, Hey, you can have, you know, almost any job, you know, that, uh, if you're able to manage it, you know, so, um, uh, I'll tell you what, like when I, like in the office, you know, I, so I'll tell people about diabetes and like, you know, sometimes I'll tell them like, Hey, if I start to get low, you know, they're like, Oh, I should give you more insulin. Uh, like, like, you know, I was like, please no, don't no, like that. <laughs> Yeah, that's like the one thing I wish people like, and I don't, I don't get angry about that. You know, they, you know, they're like, oh, I'll grab your pump and I'll start pumping you full of more insulin. I'm like, no, go, let's go get something, you know, with a lot of sugar. Here's, here's how, here's what I have on hand to always be ready to, you know, to correct a low. Like that's that would might be the nice thing that like if 
you know, how to deal with hypoglycemia. You know, I, I follow a bunch of people on the internet that sometimes kind mm-hmm. of rant about this or the other, about something someone said online about diabetes. And I, I can't help but always feel bad for the person who doesn't know a lot about diabetes because I think mm-hmm. maybe I was one of those people at one point. You know what I mean? It, you don't necessarily know until you have to. Yeah. I'm sure it can get, you know, it, it, can, it, can, it can wear on you and, and people are betting. It's fine to vent. You know, oh, especially yeah. I've already been, yeah, you know, I haven't even been a diabetic that long. So <laughs> people have way better reasons to vent than I do. Um, so what's your advice for someone who is a runner and just got diagnosed or was diagnosed when they were two and is wanting to start running or triathlon for that matter? Sure. Yeah. So I would tell you that, um, that is not something that should keep you from pursuing your athletic dreams. You know, people do all kinds of incredible things while managing their diabetes. So if someone was first diagnosed, I would tell you that, you know, those things are not incompatible. In fact, they're, uh, they're sympathetic. You know, like as I said before, I, I feel that the better you are managing your diabetes, the better an athlete you are, and the better an athlete you are, the better you're going to be at managing your diabetes. And so for some basics, you know, make sure you're well aware of your blood sugar. So you're going to check your blood sugar before, during, and after exercise. And then even more than, you know, one thing you do have to do the, your peer zones, you got to be extra careful to make sure that you have, extra nutrition on board, you know, take what you would care, you know, care you for that workout. And then you got to start thinking like, well, what if I get lost or my cell phone breaks, you know, do I have everything on me right now to get me through where I need to go? So those two things is, you know, be extra diligent about managing and, and, and monitoring your blood sugar and making sure that you have what you need to both fuel your performance and give you some, some safety there as well. And then after that, you know, make sure someone knows where you are and then go get after it and, and, and train the way you need to train to, to accomplish your goals. Absolutely. Um, before I let you go, where to, should people follow you? I know you mentioned earlier, you're on Strava and Instagram, Facebook, uh, where do you, where yeah. are you active the most and where do you encourage people to follow Sean's training and probably Instagram? Um, you know, I'm on Twitter, but it's mostly retweeting. I don't do a lot of uh, composition out there, but I love to, to find out what other people in the community are doing, you know, what my teammates are doing and, and try to spread that mess as far as, as I can, but uh, love using Instagram. Uh, you know, a lot of great photographers out there, uh, you know, showing what, what I'm doing and what my teammates are doing. So, uh, the handle you can find me on Instagram and Twitter is, uh, at type one, try, uh, O N E, uh, try T R I. And, uh, I think you should be able to find me on Strava with that as well. If not, maybe we can put it in the show notes. Awesome. Sean. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey, John is amazing. Thanks for what you're doing. I think this is going to be something really special. Hey guys, that wraps up today's interview. Once again, if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the show. It's the perfect way to make sure you get fresh episodes delivered straight to your phone every Monday. Also make sure to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at the Diabetic Running Podcast or visit me at the diabeticrunningpodcast.com. If you think you or anyone you know would be a perfect interviewee for the show, make sure to reach out to me on any of those platforms and tell me a little bit about the story you think that we should share. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you guys again next week. Happy training.